I feel like I just ran a mile. <laughs> I have to like figure out how to set up the camera. I have to figure out how to set up the audio. Now I'm using this little iPad so I can not carry around my piece of paper. Fancy. I'm trying to figure out where my note is. Trying to be more eco-friendly. <laughs> I had crab cakes for lunch. I was expecting you to say something about the smell. No, I didn't smell it. I could smell it when I was walking down the street with oh it in God, the bag. Disgusting. I was like, oh, good afternoon, ladies. <laughs> I've been working on the collaboration for the holiday special. Oh, yes. It should probably be about out now for people to listen to, but it's one of the holiday special collaborations that involves a bunch of other podcasts. And I think this would be the fifth or sixth time that I've created it. I think so. Yeah, and you did one of them for Rotten to the Core? Yes. Yeah, and Josh here has some new artwork for his podcast. Oh, yes, I love it too. Yeah, I've been working on that for a while and I finally finished it and he was out with his best friend and I was like, do I wait until the next day when he's not with his friend? But then I was too excited, so. I'm glad you didn't. We had a slumber party and we were making crafts and watching Hocus Pocus. So it was right on theme. I loved it. <laughs> I, I saw it and I was like, that looks like me. And I was like, oh yeah. my goodness. I've always felt like something was missing with your artwork, but it always worked out like it was always good. And then I just kept thinking like, well, what would make it better? And then I just kept thinking about it and thinking about it. And then it, it kept getting closer to Halloween. And I kept thinking about this Halloween collaboration and what I wanted to go into that artwork. Because for each of the collaboration episodes, I work with someone who will draw one, like draw it yeah. out. And as I kept thinking about that artwork, I kept thinking about yours and I was like, you know, we talk about these Halloween movies all the time here. For me, it's always Halloween. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and I thought, well, it would be nice to have like a darker feel to it, especially because since you started it, I feel like it has kind of taken like a kind of a sort of a darker tone. I will say not necessarily like with the personality of the show, but... Would you say that's right? That's the correct way of wording that a darker tone? Yeah, I've taken it when I, I mean, when I first started, it was a very, you know, generic logo with like, I think it had a detective silhouette on it. Right. And then we went to my other mirror and I've just evolved it from, I mean, when you listen to my first few episodes, it sounds like a news reporter because <laughs> yeah. I was so nervous and just wanted to do a good job. But yeah. I've kind of taken it in like a mysticism mythical type of right. era about it well that was your first time doing your first podcast when was your first rotten episode do you even remember december of 2021 okay two years in december so it's funny that we actually did for your first year anniversary we did mystery inc yes <laughs> that's funny i didn't realize that yeah so this december will be two years of me podcasting yeah one year for mystery inc two years for Rotten, to, Rotten the core. to the Core. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. That's funny <laughs> that we kind of like brought that up as an advertisement without actually knowing that it was an advertisement. Just universe works out in our favor sometimes. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That is too funny. I got a new cup because we always like to have tea when we I know. Record. I actually like the cup. Thank what's, you. What's the eye supposed to be? It's like the all-seeing eye. Like, okay. I wanted something... That went on theme, but generic enough to where we couldn't be sued for copyright or anything like right, that. Right, <laughs> Like my shirt, 
I was a little nervous to where I was like, can they go? I was like, uh, it, <laughs> no, it goes it on thing. Good. Yeah, Got it's my, fun. my Scooby shirt, if you can't see. Yeah. Ooh, For you listening, we have a new YouTube channel. So if you want to jump over there, we'll have a link in the description so you can see Josh's cute little shirt that he has. It says Thriller Mystery. Is that what it says? Yes. And Scooby-Doo. And, and course, it glows in the dark. And he has his scarf that looked kind of like a, My a shawl, shawl. <laughs> <laughs> listen it was a little chilly in that yeah see this is our second office and it's always a little bit warmer but the main big one that we work in stays a little cold especially for me so i gotta cover up <laughs> got these and i think i have two coats and a hoodie over there on the coat rack right <laughs> that's his chip coffee yes one isn't it yes i like to wear it because i don't know it makes me feel safe <laughs> well i've always i've always been a shawl type of gal yeah. myself yeah got a whole bunch of ponchos Let it out. cardigans galore i like it thank you so josh has your week been going pretty well it has i had an adult slumber party with my best friend she asked me what i wanted for my birthday and i said just you to come visit me in wabash and spend the night and we did all of my favorite things, went to a greenhouse and coffee and used bookstore and then went on a nice fall hike and saw two waterfalls in the area. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, it was, there's nobody else on the hiking trails, which I like when I'm with people, but when I'm alone, I, I like to come across other hikers because I'm like, well, good, at least now if I like trip and break an ankle, if I yell loud enough, I know there's someone in these woods that can right. hear me. So I have to ask you, Josh, I heard on TV the other day that there was a new season coming out of this show that I have a guilty pleasure watching. Do you have any guilty pleasures that doesn't involve men? Oh, God. I don't think so because I'm not the type to like feel guilty over anything. (laughs) Like, I mean, I feel like that's a very like, like parents, they tend to feel guilty. Me, it's just myself. Who am I to feel guilty over? Right. I spoil myself. Right. I, I, I think about that sometimes. I'm like, I really do treat myself like a spoiled kid. Like, if I want it, I get it or find a way to get it. Right. I don't say no hardly ever to myself. I mean, as I get older, I do. <laughs> Especially, I had, I'm now 33, not 40. And I have a very big sweet tooth. And one night I warmed up a honey bun and put honey bun ice cream on top of it. And then I had a glass of wine. And then I noticed after I ate all that, that my ankle was a little swollen. So now I'm like, okay, Josh, maybe you don't need all that sugar. Maybe an apple. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I'm the fat one, guys. Doesn't that suck? Doesn't that <laughs> <lie> for you? <laughs> no. Especially now. Compared to what I eat versus you, yeah. I'm like, it, well, you wouldn't as, never imagine. Well, you'll go out for lunch, and I'm like, I'll have a shake today for lunch. Yeah, he had like a health shake meal yeah. replacement thing, and I had like a giant crab cake sandwich. I did have the fresh fruit instead oh, of fries. Oh, that's good. I was that'll like, give me your, the fruit, please. That'll help your swollen ankle. I know. Got to watch out. Yeah, so the show that I watch, I won't mention the name because they're not paying me to mention their name, but... There's two brothers that live up in Michigan, right? And they bought this island up in Canada. Do you know what show I'm talking about? I don't. Well, it's on the History Channel. And the first couple seasons, I never even heard about it. And then I was flipping through the TV one day, and I came across it. And there's this thing that they call the money pit, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And at first, I started watching it, and it was so silly. Like, 
every time they find something on the island, they're like, they'll be running the metal detector. They'll find a little nail and then the narrator will come on and he'll be like, a nail? Could this nail be from the 1912 exploration of independent, you know? And so everything is just taken way out of context. It's very dramatic. But each time I'm like, I don't know, could it? (laughs) I don't know, could it? And then at the very end of the season, I reflect on everything that I watched for the entire time. And I'm just like. That was just a damn "Mm." nail. They found a bunch of nails and not really a whole lot else. And I think they're in like season 20 or something. It's crazy what they can make a whole series over. And every time they find a little something, the narrator working on a rapper. Could this rapper be from the 11th year of our Lord? (laughs) Could it be from Jesus Christ himself? I used to play. Stepping foot on the island. (laughs) You never know. Yeah. I used to play a drinking game when I would watch Ancient Aliens. Because, I mean, there would be... They'll take anything, like, for example, a nail on the ground, and they'll be like, could this be a sign that ancient aliens came and interfered with? And then they always say, ancient astronaut theorists say yes. And every time ancient astronaut theorists say yes to something, you take a drink, but you got to watch out because you'll get drunk real fast because they never say no. Well, the new season comes out, I think, in a month, and I'm just thinking, you know, They've gone through so many ideas of, like, what else could be on this island. Like, over time, they've dug up basically the whole island, right? And I'm just thinking, eventually, they're going to have some alien theories. Oh, yeah. Like, they haven't gotten to that point yet, but they're going to. I remember the one I saw about it, the money pit. Like, there's beliefs that the Ark of the Covenant is down there and just unknown riches and fortune for whoever finds it. But yeah. so, like so many people had to, I forget the number of people that yeah, so many people have to die to, die. to find it. Yeah, but yeah. they're close. Yeah, you'll go down a huge rabbit hole, and they have found some things on the island, which has kept me, you know, intrigued. And I'm just thinking, like, who are these people over time who keep plant- planting right. these things on the island? Like, I'm just going to put this nail here in this year, you know, like 150 years ago, just to mess up some people in a few, in you know, a couple hundred years from right. now. And a lot of people think it was just basically a garbage hole because they, you know, they find a bunch under there and they're like, eh, we're pretty sure people just dumping dumping crap (laughs) down here. Yeah. But under that, you never know. Yeah. It's one of those things that each time the season ends, I'm like, okay, Shane, you've wasted too much time on this. Stop watching it. It's not worth your time. And then the new season will come out. And my TV will notify me, and I will be sitting at home after just recording some episodes of a podcast, and I'll be tired. And it's one of those shows that you just don't have to think a lot. Right. And sometimes I I just want to watch it to make fun of it. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. And it's just kind of like that trash TV that you can just watch and make fun of it. The Kardashians. That's trash, but I I do enjoy watching (laughs) watching their their mess. So. It's And then I'll, I'll put it on and be like, okay. And I kind of like wish someday they would ask me to narrate, you know, because I want to be the guy, a nail? Could this nail be, <laughs> from, you know? Was this nail the one used in Jesus' wrist yeah. on the cross? Yeah. And Ancient I'm, I'm, astronauts theorists say yes. Yeah, and as much as I make fun of it, you know, if the producers ever contact me and was like, hey, would you like to be involved with the show? I'd be like, hell yeah. $20 to $20, yeah. In a heartbeat. Yeah. 
I would do it for sure. I ain't All going in it. that hole, but I'll talk about it. Josh and I will do a live show from the island yeah. for sure. Today's mystery. The brothers who own the island live up in Michigan. Josh and I are in Indiana right now. And hey, neighbor brothers. Yeah, they're up. Like, is it Traverse? I think Traverse City. I think that's how you pronounce the city. That sounds like a real place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a real place. Yeah, they're, Michigan they're has some, some funky name. Kalamazoo. That's a real city in Michigan. Right. Detroit. That's yeah. a real city in Michigan. <laughs> where we're from, you know, places where it's Indy, Gary, Simple, right. Fort Wayne. Indianapolis. They got real creative with oh, that yeah. city. What could we call a big city in Indiana? Hmm. Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> but there are a few when I moved here that I struggled with the pronunciation of, like, Rowan. Mm. Or I hate La Fountain. Yeah. When you look at it, my brain wants to say La Fountaine. Right. But they do not like it when you call it La Fountaine. They right. like correct you kind of snobbily, like, Ugh, it's La Fountain. And I'm like, on purpose? Like, yeah. you going by that on purpose? Yeah, the locals here always call it La Fountain, but it was named after, I think, like a Native American chief or something. And so I know for I know real well that they were not calling him La Fountain. Right. Yeah. Subchief La Fountain. Right. So, Josh, for our mysteries today, would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? I'll let you. I went first on the last one. Okay. Josh and I like to take turns because that's what our grandma taught us. Yes. We didn't. We had a hug until we <laughs> liked each other again. Yeah. And we didn't like hugging. <laughs> we didn't like doing none of that. So, Josh, before I get started with my mystery, I just want to warn our listeners right now oh, heavens. that my mystery includes crimes committed against animals. Oh. So I... That's I where know. I draw the line. I know. I can't stand it. Talk about humans all day. Right. Kim and I, and, you know, Kim was on our last episode, when Don't F with Cats came out on Netflix, Kim and I, you know, were flipping through Netflix one day and it came on TV so we started watching it, and in one of the first scenes, you know, it there was a cat, and it looked like the guy was could possibly kill these kittens. And immediately, I looked over at Kim, and I was like, turn this trash off. I ain't watching this. I'm not watching this. And so she's trying to hurry up and find the remote to the TV so she can flip it off, but we couldn't find it, as, you know, that quick. And we're both, like, freaked out that we're about to watch these two cats oh, die, you know. Finally, we turned it off just in time. We thought. We later find out that they don't show anything. Oh, good. Yeah, so we ended up finishing watching it. But in the moment, we turn off the TV and we just sat there in silence and we just thought, oh my gosh, we were almost like our eyes almost were violated by what that man almost did to those poor kittens. Is that what the show's about? It's sort of. Uh, sort of. I'm not, I don't hate cats, but I don't like them. Like, I'll pet them if you've got one, but I'm not going to like ever have one. Sure, or... sure. So anyway, so we're, we're sitting there and. And it was just complete silence. And then I looked over at Kim and I was like, Kim, we are absolutely horrible human beings. We will sit here and watch all the documentaries involving horrible things that people do to each other. All day long. And we will talk about it on our podcast and we will look at photos and everything that we need to make a complete episode. But the moment that we think that we might see something with, that involves an animal... We're just going to shut it off. Like, we can't right. do that. I can't relate to it. Nope. I don't even nope. want to. Turn it off. Turn it off. So we were just basked in that uh, information that we had. Yeah, I struggle with animal abuse, abuse of children, and women. 
But if it's a straight white man getting abused, I'll listen and watch all day long. <laughs> well, it wasn't until I think a year later I met one of the stars in the documentary. Yes, they were at CrimeCon Vegas. Yeah. I remember uh, the blonde one in her green dress was fabulous. Yeah. At that time, the lady who goes by, I think it's Body Body Moving, she was at in Austin at CrimeCon, and I met her there, and we got a couple pictures together. And I had asked her about the documentary, and she's like, oh, they don't show anything. So I went back and rewatched it. Oh, good. Yeah. So it was all good. But back to what I was saying, this does involve some details of a crime against animals. Viewer discretion is advised. Yes. However, I will try to keep it on the uh, the lighter side, and there will be a little humor at the end to bring us back to some comedy, because in the darkness, Josh and I like to find some laughter. Mine, at my mystery, does not have anything to do with the abuse of anything Good. or anyone. <laughs> Good. Well, Except maybe the gullible. Perfect. A detective came and knocked on the door, and I said, is it Renee? And he just gave me that solemn look. It was the worst day ever. The Proof Podcast is back with a new case and a new season. 23 years ago, 18-year-old Renee Ramos went missing. Her body was later found in an empty Home Depot building on the edge of town. I don't think that they arrested the right people. It's about time somebody's trying to do something. She had a black eye about two weeks before she was murdered. They are involved. They definitely had her body and her backpack. You know people are going to judge you, right? Of course. They're judging me now. They've been judging me damn near my whole life. You can listen now to season two of Proof, wherever you get your podcasts. And follow along with us as we reinvestigate the murder at the warehouse. I have to ask, did you kill Renee? American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. So, my mystery today all starts at my friend's house here in town in Wabash. And it was the year 2020 of our Lord and Savior. Oh, God. (laughs) The year that we all remember very, very, very well for certain reasons. I blocked it out. (laughs) Right. But anyway, so I was at my friend's house and I have a Google alert set up for my name. Whenever my name is used, whenever my podcast name is used, I get a Google alert set up, right? Oh, God. I know what it's about. (laughs) Yes, it is that. (laughs) So anyway, so I'm sitting at my friend's house. Shout out to Andy and Shelly. And as I looked down, 
I see a whole bunch of articles come in from England. And as a podcaster who has been podcasting for many years now, it's not uncommon for articles to be written all around the world, right? Normally, the people who are writing them will reach out for interviews and things like that. So normally, I kind of know that something's being written. But every once in a while, I don't know. Like sometimes they'll include you in, oh, my favorite 10 podcasts, you know, or whatever. Okay. But normally, it's a one-off. This was several news articles. So I got a little worried, right? Like all of a sudden, it was like 10, 12, 13 news articles just published today in England. And I thought, well, that's very bizarre. Okay. So I clicked it open. And all of them had a title that said something like this. Shane Waters caught having sex with chickens. Again. (laughs) (laughs) No. Sort of, though. Sort of, yes. So when I saw that, I immediately thought, maybe this is a prank. Right. Like someone is playing a dirty little joke. Because you know you didn't do it. Yeah. Like I wasn't in England, first of all. Shane don't even eat chicken on the bone, let alone. (laughs) I'm not not about these chickens. And so I immediately take a screenshot and send it to my co-host of Foul Play, right? And that's Wendy. So I sent it over to Wendy. And I was like, Wendy, are these real articles? Or is this like fake articles? She's like, oh, no. Those are real because she lives in England. And immediately I'm like dumbstruck and fearful and worried. You don't want people to think you're a chicken. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just very worrisome that this man shares my full name, you know. So anyway, so as I click through all these articles, this is what I have found. So I've done a lot of research and – I've laid out the story so that I can tell it here today and lay it all out there. In his own words. In my own words. And the story, as I have found, is even crazier than what I first uncovered. How does it get crazier? Because he gets out and the story has gotten crazier. Oh, God. Yes, it is crazy. Okay, so it all starts on September 19th of 2020. The owner of Lower Holker Farm in, and I'm going to not do this name justice because it's a UK name. I think that it's pronounced as Accrington or, yeah, probably Accrington. So it's a place that's in the UK. So the owner of that farm goes to his chicken shed. He finds 15 chickens dead when he opens the shed door, right? And he finds a num- another number of his other chickens harmed and so immediately he's like what in the world has happened right did a fox get in right so he actually immediately feels like someone has broken in and has done something sexual to his chickens the reason is because the door is bolted closed it's a pretty nice shed so there's an actual bolted door that's closed so he didn't think that there could have been a way that an animal could have gotten in And by the scene, he assumed that it was a sexual act that was performed. That would not have been my first guess. Right. So he actually calls, you know, the police immediately. And while he's waiting for the police to get there, he goes to review footage of the cameras. Oh, I didn't know they had cameras. Yeah. So he has cameras. 
So while he's reviewing the footage, he finds out that that night there is this man who comes up to the farm. He's prowling around the farm. He goes up to the chicken shed. There's a bolt because the chicken shed is bolted shut. Right. The man lets himself in. He's in there for 20 minutes. That's all. <laughs> and then he exits the chicken shed. And it's, a, it's shortly before midnight when he leaves. So when the authorities come, they take away some of the chickens, some of the dead chickens, and they bring them back to their lab. Bless their hearts. And they're able to trace the crime through DNA back to this 40-year-old man who works at a supermarket. He's a stock checker. His name is Shane Waters in the UK. <laughs> so the police go to Shane Waters' home. And as soon as they arrive at his house, it seems like he knew why they were there. So he meets them at the door and he says, I need help. I know what you're on about. I just get these urges. Ugh. I know. I get the urge for chicken too, but I go to KFC <laughs> yeah, or something. I know. Ugh. So then after the arrest, it gets worse, guys. After the arrest, they examine his dog because he has a dog. Ugh. The dog is a Great Dane, and they find out that he also has sexually abused her. Now, they ask him about it, and he admits to it, saying that whenever he would do the act, she would constantly bite and growl at him. I bet. And so that might be the reason why he moved on to chickens, because it would be less harmful to him. They put up less of a fight. Yeah. Okay, so. I should have waited to eat lunch. (laughs) Right. Okay, so he admits to all of this, right? And he tells officers and his defense team tells the judge that he would apologize to the chickens after the act. So basically, please don't throw the book at me. After the act is done, I feel absolutely horrible with myself and I apologize. Who cares, dude? Like, like that's, that sounds like something that you would see on cops after someone offends. Right. You know? Sorry I got caught. Yeah. Exactly. So to make matters worse, you know, if this couldn't get worse, this wasn't his first time getting caught, you know, because when someone does this, you would think, oh, this probably isn't the first time they've done this, right? Right. But this isn't even his first time getting caught. Why does he still have a penis is what I want to (laughs) know. Cut it off. Right. So he previously was caught doing similar crimes and he went through the court system twice before when he went through the court systems he was caught having sex with horses and a donkey jesus i Christ. know don't even know how that's possible but it happened so the first time was in 1977 and then the second time was in 2016 and then if that couldn't get even weirder like right like this is just keep keeps getting weirder and weirder and weirder when he did that in 2016, he actually filmed himself doing it. He filmed himself having sex with a horse. These poor animals. Yeah. And there's no, like, psychologist or therapy for these poor critters. They're yeah. Just, uh. So he gets arrested. He goes before the judge. And by that time, it's his second offense. It's his second time getting caught. So he had to complete a sex offender treatment program. 
in a 30-day rehabilitation activity. How right. do they even rehabilitate that? Good question. We could probably ask other people because I have no idea. I'm honestly. thinking like a, the conversion camps for gay people, <laughs> right. but it's like well, holding whatever. their eyes open in front of a chicken pita video right. or something. Tell me that's not attractive to you. It's not attractive if I need to get out. Right. Apparently mm. it didn't work. So the judge in his current case, right, from 2020, this is what the judge says during his sentencing. And I will warn you, it's a tiny bit graphic. I've dumbed it down a little bit so it's not as graphic. But I still think it's important because this man committed a crime and we should all know about it. Because, again, they're still letting him out. And I think that everyone should know about it. And more importantly, the Shane Waters that did the chickens is not this one. (laughs) Yes. So the judge says this is a case which is as unusual as it is disturbing. On two occasions, on the 18th and 19th of September, again, this is 2020, you broke into chicken sheds at the farm. You penetrated a number of chickens and ejaculated. As I understand it, at least 15 died as a result of your sordid sexual activity. Those who kept the chickens are understandably horrified and appalled by what you have done. When police attended to arrest you, your dog was examined. You oh. would go on to accept intercourse with your dog took place on four to six occasions over previous months. I have no doubt that anybody hearing the details of this case will be disturbed. Your conduct is distressing and deeply worrying. It is said on your behalf that you want to seek help for your urges as you describe them to the police. You were given that opportunity previously, but that has not stopped your offending. So, from that, the judge sentenced him to 30 months in jail. That's all. And he was signed to the sexual offenders registrar. And he can no longer have animals. Thank God. I was about ready to ask. Yeah. This is why they ask when you go to, like, adopt a pet from a pound, like, while they kind of grill people on questions. and Right. Ugh, we right. want to make sure you're not going to do something abhorrent. Sorted. As the judge said, sorted. sorted. I like that word. So there is an update that I have found today, right? Because I was like, well, I wonder if he's out of jail now, right? He was released from jail a few months ago. This is UK's prisons in America. No, he I was don't in think jail. He, he probably no wouldn't be. But this wasn't the last that we have heard from Shane Waters in the UK. Around 12.40 a.m. on May 16th of this year, 2022, the owner of a horse stable called the police because they found him crouched behind one of his horses. He said, quote, I'm in an unstable situation. Stable. Sorry. (laughs) I have an unusual habit. It seems he was caught before things went too far this time, though. But, again, he was arrested this time for 12 months. So for the next year, he could be in jail unless they let him out a little early. But after the year, he's going to be out again. So hide your farm animals because I don't know how they're going to keep him from uh, reoffending. Because whatever they're doing is not helping him. Right. I mean, unless they 
Do they have house arrest over there where put the little bracelet on them? I mean, the horrible thing is that, you know, they put them on the sex offenders list. You but know, all so, that's going to do is keep them away from like playgrounds and schools. Like, well, nowhere it, where it there's means animals. That people who he lives around will know he's in the neighborhood, but he can drive to the next neighborhood or, right. drive, you know, drive to the next farmhouse, you know, or whatever. Mm. But I mean, he repeats this behavior so many times that you're just like, what's going to stop him from just continuing to do this? Right. And will it evolve from animals to people when he can no longer get access to animals? It's just an absolutely horrible story. And it's a horrible case, and it's just – and because it involves animals, of course, people don't want to hear about it because, you know, that's a whole other subject. But I think that because we have gone through this whole thing and it was such a horrible thing to describe abuse against animals, and I don't want to make PETA mad at me, we need a little comic relief. So I have some for us, Okay. So if everyone out there will do one favor for me, if you Google Shane Waters UK, or if you're in the UK, just take out your phone or your computer and just look up Shane Waters. Please tell me that guy does not look like he would have sex with chickens. I've seen. Yeah, he looks like he would have sex with these chickens. It's been a running joke. In the office since we found out about it. And among my friends. And so you probably have noticed that this was a gift to me, my little coffee mug. For you listening, it's a coffee mug that just says, just a boy who loves chickens. And what's funny is when we found out about this other Shane Waters that was killing chickens and not to mention, he was only in that barn for 20 minutes, and he killed 15-plus chickens. That's almost a chicken a minute. Yeah. Like, he's just, like, going, like, I'm just picturing, like, a lot going more. crazy. Like, yeah. not, not picturing it, but just, like, grabbing chicken. Oh, like, yeah. Did you, like, killing them more than, like, I just, yeah, I, I want to know. multiple other chickens that were also harmed, so that's a very good point. Like, he's doing it to a lot of other chickens, and... Ugh. He admitted that that wasn't the first time he was at the farm. He was at the farm the night before and several other times he's been at the farm. I think he said like nine other times he admitted to, but the other times he only did it to one animal, one chicken. So I don't think that it was actually caught until this rage happened, unfortunately. They make like, I've seen inflatable sheep and pigs at the adult sex shops yeah if you do have that urge you know go get something that's not real <laughs> don't right. be killing poor innocent little and his dog like the dogs what i'm most torn up about because i've i've had chickens and they are the uh, sweet little critters but the dumbest of animals the dog to me is like the real like yeah she it had to live with them and oh, yeah. poor thing and so for you listening and watching out there So just to give you a little nice little comic relief from all of this, in case you didn't already pick this up, if my name couldn't also be attached to this, and when you Googled this, if you had done that, you probably also noticed that my picture likes to be populated among his pictures. (laughs) Yeah, so like the top four pictures when you Google image him, the four top four pictures are a picture of him then a picture of me, then a picture of him, and then a picture of me. And then the articles are mixed in with articles of him and articles of me. And for foul play. Yeah, because my podcast is called Foul Play. 
So all the time I get emails from people in England. Thinking they're putting two and two together. Yeah, because of this guy. So this is one such email that I have received. Oh, good. And they are always really funny. So we're going to have a nice little funny laugh about this just to end with my little topic. Okay. 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 So this guy is from the UK. Hi, I'm going to keep this super short and sweet for you. I stumbled by a post on Facebook. There's some guy that got arrested for literally having sex with chickens. That is a bit crazy. He's on the sex offender list. So I figured I'd look him up and see where he is. So I type in his name and not knowing how many Shane Waters there are, guess who the top two hits are? Chicken fucking Shane Waters (laughs) and you, my friend, Shane Waters with a podcast called what? (laughs) Foul Play. You can't make this stuff up, I swear. I hope you understand how ridiculous this coincidence is. So I've essentially just come here to let you know in hopes that you'll either make a podcast about this coincidence, because why not, or change the name of the podcast, because I had to dig for 10 minutes to confirm that you and chicken fucking Shane Waters were not in fact the same person. This is all. Best of luck to you, a concerned citizen. I just thought that was so lovely. That wasn't, I mean, uh, at least they weren't mean, like. I didn't you have a couple when it first came out like people like I can't believe you like they thought they were like solving a mystery like how are the tabloids not reporting the chicken effort and foul play no no one actually said that everyone eventually figured it out mainly because I'm in the US and he's in the UK some people took a lot longer like some people took hours to figure it out (laughs) It took them listening to the show and realizing that I had an American accent and then finding photos of me and articles and then realizing that we looked a lot different too. Thank God. Yeah. And so they would contact me and I'd be like, yeah, I'm aware of it. And then a lot of people who know about it have asked why I've not done a foul play season or episode about it. And the reason is because it involves horrible things done to chickens. But the problem is that it's so connected to me because of the word foul play being used in some of the articles and my full name being used and i also go to crime con in the uk right so i'm also appearing in the uk articles and websites i would have wore a disguise (laughs) well right so nervous so i'm always just so nervous that people will create a conspiracy theory of some kind around it and especially with him constantly being released and reoffending, and I don't want his crimes to advance to something else and then us be confused or our names to continue to be merged together without speaking out about it for some reason. So that's why I wanted to at least talk about it in some capacity. Because in one aspect, it's kind of funny, you know, because of all the coincidences. And also, you also have to think that he had a dog that was a Great Dane, and we have a oh. podcast called Mystery Inc. Scooby Doo was a Great Dane. Our yeah. mom had a Great Dane at one point. Yeah. So I mean, the, there's all these coincidences that are just crazy, weird, right? And then there's also this horrible story of a man who has a serious mental illness, and there's a real problem, evidently, with what do you do with him? You know. Because every time they would publish articles when it happened, 
on Facebook and in these articles, like people would comment about, you know, how they should treat them and stuff. And, you know, the laws in England and <laughs> what people say they should do to him are not equal, right? And there's not really much else the laws will allow, I guess, in England. So there's, you know, they just have to let him out, I guess. And See, this is how you know situation. it happened in the UK, because if it was here in America, especially when he got out and reoffended and that farmer found him behind their horse, if that was an American farm, that man probably would have been shot. shot yeah. Like, you are on my property and you are defacing, you know, an animal that I own. I don't have to even ask any questions. Yeah. Sometimes that's not a bad thing because now the UK is having to figure out what's well, whereas if it was in America, he would have been castrated with a bullet, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I think to make matters even worse for him is that he has two children. Oh, God. Yeah. Some woman let him have so a long her. time ago. Ugh. You know, before it seemed like all this happened, but see, I was thinking like maybe he was an incel, the involuntary oh, like, celibate type, yeah. and that's the only thing he could come across. No, I think that you literally know, he's been a long time divorced, and from the court proceedings, it sounds like he doesn't have. I'm not sure if he's in contact with his children, but not after un- that. Well, it's unfortunate for his children too because having their dad's name out there, and in a lot of the articles, they refer to him as dad of two. Mm. You know. So they kind of bring the the kids in and it can't be easy for the kids to know that their dad has this problem and he keeps getting out and it would be a really big struggle that there's just a lot of moving pieces to it. And yeah, but to help highlight the seriousness of it and to also bring us back down to earth because sometimes the seriousness gets too dark, we sometimes like to laugh about it which is why I have a nice little cute mug that some of my friends give me because I get crazy emails from people who think that I might be the chicken guy. Well, Shane Waters, you need Jesus. (laughs) He needs something. That's all right. All right, Josh. So tell me about your mystery. Oh, yes, Shane. I had a little bit of magic to share with you and all of our listeners. It is the first drink for productivity, and it's called Magic Mind. Now, listeners only get to hear the outcome of our labor here, but there is a lot of behind-the-scenes work that goes into every episode that we do for all of our podcasts. Between finding topics, researching, scheduling, recording, and the most time-consuming, the edit, it's difficult to stay focused and on schedule. I've been using Magic Mind now for two months, and it's given me an extra boost in productivity, and we now get to do episodes every week. I received my first box of Magic Mind shots, and they quickly became a part of my morning routine. Every day, I get up, get my cup of coffee, and wash my face. Then I shake up my little shot, and down the hatch it goes. As I wait for it to kick in, I like to journal, meditate, and Get started on my skincare routine. Shane, that's what you call soap. By the time I'm finished, the magic is flowing through me, and I have the positive mindset that I need to bust out some mysteries. Magic Mind helped me to not have to rely on a constant coffee flow to make it through every day. It actually works with my morning cup of coffee and boosts the caffeine I'm already drinking helping it to stretch throughout the entire day instead of just an hour or two. 
It even helps to fight that monster on my shoulder, anxiety. With the power of L-theanine, that naturally reduces stress levels. I am calm! That, and not being burdened by the too-much-caffeine jitters. Now, I love me a good flow state, and the nootropics and magic mind really do the job of helping me accomplish more in that creative flow. I can now better focus and stay relaxed as I trust the process. It even has one of my favorite ingredients in it, matcha, which I am loving because it helps prevent me from my early evening energy crash. Who knew you could get so much done when you don't have to take a power nap every day to make it to bedtime? All of you listeners can hear the proof of the benefits that Magic Mind has given me here every week. No cauldron needed to feel the power inside those cute little bottles. If you all want to unmask your caffeine addiction and feel the power of magic mind flowing through you, I suggest you try it today. Just go to magicmind.com mystery and use our code mystery20 and get 56% off your first subscription or 20% off your first one-time purchase. Now don't dawdle! Because that code for the 56% off discount will only last 10 days from our episode release date. Feel the power and magic mind today. Well, my mystery for today is about a certain deck of cards that has been used to help foresee and even deceive people. And I even learned while researching that they are still illegal to use by people in some states. States like Oklahoma, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and North Carolina prohibit fortune-telling as a way to protect the gullible people from the scam of fortune-telling. Mm. Like in, even in Pennsylvania, it is illegal to do any type of fortune-telling, and you can't even make a potion or even a treasure map in the state, which I thought was quite repressed. Right. Like, how are they going to tell someone no? If Of course, there are places that do do those, but they have to have clearly marked signs that say this is for entertainment purposes only. Sure. Which I can't believe that in 2023, stuff like that is still banned. I'm like, if people want to spend their money on something, let them, who are you to judge? Well, I think even most psychics and stuff, if you, ha- if you go to their website, they'll put this is for entertainment purposes. Yeah, that's just... Because of the laws yeah, that because of some states state don't have yeah. to protect the gullible. Well, divination as defined by Crosswalk.com, this is, again, a Christian website that's defining this. It is the false use of means to discover the divine will from the King James Study Bible from 2011. Remember King James, the flamboyant homosexual king, right. nephew of Queen Elizabeth I, and the one who had the Bible reinterpreted. Divination is not to be confused with spiritual gifts of prophecy, discernment, or revelation, knowledge that God gives to the saints as listed in Ephesians 4. I think I said that right. As we read 1 Corinthians 12, the gifts that we want are given to Christians and are manifested because of the Holy Ghost. So anybody from you know the Bible that did have visions of the future and whatnot, that is actually the Holy Ghost residing in them. Mm. You know, the good old Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. All other forms of fortune-telling are viewed as demonic, basically. 
which is what we learned about it growing up. Right. In our home growing up, things like Ouija, tarot, and scrying tools, or anything that wasn't directly allowed from the Bible, were all prohibited. I remember buying my first deck of tarot at 14 from the mall, and it was one of those little miniature ones that had a tiny little guy, like it was like a office desk, like the little accessory. I think I have a crystal ball over there, and I've seen other little cute little office desk trinkets. But I got that one, too, because I knew that I would be able to hide it a lot easier because our mother did go through our bedroom. (laughs) For some reason, like, no one trusted us growing up, and we literally did nothing. (laughs) But we knew where they would look, so I used to write stuff in my journal, my fake journal, and hide it because I knew she'd read it (laughs) to mess with her. Hi, Mom. Today I have a gorgeous tarot deck that is the Golden Girls that were gifted to me by my best friend. They are full-sized, and I keep them on my shelf right next to my little bottles of dried herbs. So, let's take a stroll through the mysteries of tarot and learn the truth behind a deck of simple cards that puts the fear of God into so many. My relationship with tarot is that I use them as a tool, not so much to try and foresee what will happen, but more as a means to communicate with my own higher self and make sure that I'm on the right path. As I said, growing up, we were taught that anything that the cards would show you is being directly manipulated by demons, which I fully say scared the hell out of me as a kid. Right. Most kids are afraid of monsters under the bed. I was afraid of demons or the devil itself was waiting in the shadows to drag me to hell if I sinned too hard. Even the phrase, tell that devil to get off your back, was often told to me. detective came and knocked on the door and I said is it Renee and he just gave me that solemn look it was the worst day ever the proof podcast is back with a new case and a new season 23 years ago 18 year old Renee Ramos went missing her body was later found in an empty Home Depot building on the edge of town I don't think that they arrested the right people it's about time somebody's trying to do something she had a black eye about two weeks before she was murdered They are involved. They definitely had her body and her backpack. You know people are going to judge you, right? Of course. They're judging me now. They've been judging me damn near my whole life. You can listen now to season two of Proof, wherever you get your podcasts. And follow along with us as we reinvestigate the murder at the warehouse. I have to ask, did you kill Renee? American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts.
Now, while I do believe in lower vibrational beings currently, I don't see them as harmful or evil. As within all of us, there is a light self and a shadow self. I have spent a great deal of my time since the pandemic started and been using that to work on integrating both my selves into balance. Gone are the days of my toxic positivity, and I work to keep myself authentic with the help of things like my tarot deck. The history of tarot begins in Italy in the 1400s and was played as a kind of game. It was played sort of like how bridge is played now, which I've never played bridge. Mm, I don't don't even know how to play it. I don't know how to play most card games. I don't either. I can build a house of cards, but we were <laughs> we were real into Yahtzee growing up. Yeah, with our grandma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it started in Italy, and from there it traveled to France at a time when Egyptian history was all the rage. Tarot decks are made up of 78 cards consisting of minor and major arcana, with variations of four suits, which are wands, cups, swords, and coins. The most popular deck of tarot that is used today was created in 1909 by a British occultist named Arthur Edward Waite and an artist he collaborated with named Pamela Smith. They are called the Waite-Smith deck, and chances are, if you've used tarot before, they were that type of deck. He created them because Arthur rejected the belief that the cards were connected with ancient Egypt and astrology and Kabbalah but he recognized the mysticism and occult ties that they had. So he wanted to create a deck that suited those channels. I will say that I enjoy using my scrying crystal over my tarot deck, but only because, for me, that's easier. I use the crystal more often, but break out the cards when I want something more specific answered. And disclaimer, I am by no means a tarot pro. I am completely self-taught and mostly use my own intuition versus conventional learning. I do have some books and, you know, I've watched YouTube and other things to help me gain knowledge over it. But I really feel that it's more, at least for me, better used when I'm just using my straight-up natural intuition, which I'm learning to rely on more as I get older. I do not believe there is a right or wrong way to go about tarot as long as your intentions are aligned with what you are hoping to achieve. I also don't tell others that they're doing it wrong, and I've only used them for others only a handful of times, like a couple close friends I've done readings over when they've asked me to, but mostly it's just for my own purposes. And they're Golden Girls. How do I say no to Golden Girls (laughs) tarot? Like anything, Golden Girls. They should make condoms. (laughs) Well, they had that episode that the Golden Girls had bought condoms. Condoms, Rose. Condoms, condoms. Price check on some condoms. (laughs) These three ladies here want to buy the King George prophylactics. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then Rose had the black, the ones in black. Ultra sensitive and black. (laughs) I love it. Flavored. It made me think of flavored condoms. (laughs) Remember when we were younger and you tried to buy some without knowing it when we were out with our in the store? Oh, yeah, the little uh, gold-coined wrapped ones. Yeah, you just call them collars. Well, I thought they were the candy coin chocolates. Oh, sure. Because, I mean, they were even sold in a similar packaging, but they were, like, a lot more expensive than the 
candy usually is. And my mom was just kept, no, put those back. You don't want them. Put them back. I'm like, I have my own money. I'm going <laughs> to buy them. Like, I want this. Is what she's like, no. Then she said they were rubbers and I threw them. <laughs> there are some who believe my beliefs or similar and basically preach about the rules and rituals on how to do tarot properly. And I honestly see that no different than a preacher scolding me for not knowing the Lord's Prayer well enough. The only thing I tell others who wish to use any form of divination is to make sure to cleanse yourself and your tools before and after. Some people use salt, smoke, or a variety of things that do it. I use my own white light energy. I've also noticed a strong sense of ego that often goes along with some spiritual individuals. No, no, don't listen to that person. They don't do it right. Come to me for the right answers and what you're seeking. That's the way with any religion, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're a Baptist? Well, you should be a Southern Baptist. Or or a Catholic. You should be a Southern East Baptist. Yeah, Pentecostal (laughs) or the Jehovah's Witnesses that come to your door often. Yeah. Although, funny little story, my best friend, she still lives in the same house as when we were in high school. And... When we were in middle school, Jehovah's Witnesses would come to her door often. Like, they knew her father. He talked to him once, so they knew it was, oh, they'll talk to us. And we saw him coming up the driveway, and nobody else was home but her and I. And the windows were open because it was in the middle of the summer. So we went to the bedroom that was right by the front porch and started making real loud sex noises <laughs> and slapping and stuff. And They didn't knock, but they left a whole pile of pamphlets by the door. (laughs) Y'all need Jesus. So it's no wonder why so many forms of divination are seen as nothing but scams when there are those who use it for nothing but a tool for financial gain, which I understand how, why some people do charge for their spiritual services. You know, you have to put food on the table, but it also kind of, sometimes strikes me in a bad light when they only do it for money, not to actually help anybody. Right. As I said, I use them as a way to to communicate with my higher self, something every single person is capable of doing. I do believe that there are some of us who are born more in tune with parts of the universe that remain unseen to others, but I also believe that anyone has the ability to do the same with some practice and education. But that's where religious fear comes into play, where all credit for everything is given to an outside source instead of within oneself. God did not help me to find balance. (laughs) I completely did all that work myself, and I give myself all that credit, whether it's this self or my past selves. Rejecting the fear that was taught to me incessantly as a child and replacing it with things that vibrate at the frequency in which I attempt to dwell in. Not saying I don't, you know, lower my vibration. Sometimes they need it. So when I lower my vibration, that's my form of hold my hoops. Sure. There is some belief that you should not buy your own tarot deck and that they should always be gifted to you. And to that I say bullcrap. If you want a deck, go buy the one that speaks to you the most. Whether it's because it's the cheapest or because you like the pictures that they use in the cards. Don't let others' beliefs dictate what you want to do. There is also some belief that tarot originated in ancient Egypt. 
But that has not been historically proven. When I was researching this, quite a few of the history pages I was looking at, you know, oh, yes, they're all the way from ancient Egypt, and that has not been proven. Hmm. There's no evidence of that. In fact, that was a myth started by an 18th century French occultist and at a time when Egyptian history was all the rage along with occultism. It's not like they had Google back then to fact check. Yeah, and even now, like, you know, some another podcaster could try to do a research and come across an article that says it originated in Egypt. And so in their podcast, they could put, you know, that it originated in Egypt and then another podcaster will hear it right. and say that. And so that's how if that, they do, that is just based on myth. Yeah. People believe basically whatever they were told back then. I mean, they were grinding up mummies to take as supplements for health. Sure. It didn't really take a lot of brain power to convince people back then, <laughs> especially when you're wanting to sell them something. And now I'm not saying that divination was not used in the ancient world, but it was not tarot cards, but more in the form of animal bones. They would even read liver spots on people. And even some cultures would read the flight patterns of birds as they flew over to try to decipher the future. Mm. But it's all intuition, baby. Like I said again, I use tarot to gain access to ancestral knowledge and the mysteries of universal truths. I don't necessarily need them to do it, but as I've said before, too, what is life without a little bit of theatrics? Right. Of course, if there's an accessory for something, my gay ass is going to get it. It's an accessory. Yes, please. I also don't use my tarot daily. I do enjoy the thrill of not knowing and just being surprised with how my day or my week, month, day, or even a year plays out. I found that sometimes knowing what will happen can ruin something. For example, if I'm excited about something, I will not use my tarot cards because what if I interpret the cards as something negative? Then that's going to take away my excitement for the thing I was excited to do. Right. Instead, I prefer to put the positive energy out there that what I am excited about will be as amazing as I believe it is. The power is within ourselves, not an inanimate object like cards. If you use tarot or go to someone often for a reading, that's great. If it creates joy in you, keep at it. I only wanted to educate us on some of the true history behind these mysteries of tarot and divination. The present-day association with tarot and fortune-telling and the occult became popular during the 19th century fascination with Egyptian history and does not have much to do with the original card game in which they came out of Italy. One of the oldest decks of tarot that have survived is kept at Yale University's Rare Book and Manuscript Library. I thought that was very fascinating. Yeah. It is thought to have been made for an Italian man. I'm not going to pronounce his name because I can't. The last Duke of Milan of that name prior to his death in 1447. The use of tarot cards was once widespread throughout Europe, but as Christianity rose to power divination and anything associated it were rejected in fear. The word tarot itself is derived from the Italian word tarocci. The origin of that word is quite unknown, but the word tarot 
was used to mean foolishness in the 15th and 16th centuries. Another fun fact I thought was really cool. (laughs) In the 18th century, the game of tarot cards was at its most popular until the 1970s in France, which then had the strongest tarot gaming community. It was still widely a card game at that point. A man named Jean-Baptiste Alliette was the first to produce a bespoke tarot deck that was purposely made for occult practices. They had themes associated that associated them with ancient Egypt and the belief that terror originated from the Book of Thoth. Now, most people today, like myself, use tarot as a tool for self-exploration and development. There are even some psychologists who use them in what is called complementary care therapy, with a belief that With the exploration of the inner self, it can lead one to greater freedom within. The mysteries of tarot has had a long and often misguided history indeed. What started as a simple card game in Italy turned into a fabrication with ancient ties and is not used as a form of divination and a tool for one to achieve balance and enlightenment. There are no ties to demons or anything negative aside from those who use them to scam people for monetary gain. I accidentally hit a lost scroll. My mind. I hit lost a I hit a wrong button and scrolled down. <laughs> now, if I had a dollar for every troll account that has messaged me on Instagram saying, "I felt a strong connection to you when I came across your page. Would you like me to do a free reading for you?" Like about once a week, I get those messages mm. on my either Rotten's Instagram or my own personal one. I just block them. I always look at them though, and they always like they'll have ten pictures on their Instagram all put on there on the same day, like two days prior to them messaging <laughs> me. I'm like, honey, I don't need tarot cards to tell me this is a jip. But occasionally I do have a little fun with them as I do my own readings about them because <laughs> then they start to unravel a little bit, which can be fun. Because, you know, they're trolls who have no education on any of it. They're just trying to scam people out of their debit cards. That right. Not, you know, those ones. And I'm like, hmm, let's make them think I will and then scare the hell out and make them think I cursed them or something. <laughs> Now, whatever your beliefs are, don't by any means let this stop you. Don't let the myth that tarot originated from ancient Egypt deter you from picking up your own deck and tapping into self, or even from going to someone more educated in them for a reading, wherever it's legal. Wherever it's illegal. (laughs) Yeah. Look at me. Who knew I was such a rebel? Right. I think... I think the most shocking thing that I learned about tarot is the fact that they are illegal to use in some states. Talk about ass backwards. Yeah, I didn't realize that either. Like any form of fortune telling is illegal in several states. I'm like, who gives a rat's ass? Like yeah. the reason behind it is to protect the gullible. I'm like, who okay, if they want to spend their money on junk, I mean, my mom buys so much stuff off of that. I'm not going to say the name, the orange bag, (laughs) Asian shopping (laughs) site. And I'm like, there's no laws that prevent gullible people like that from buying junk online. But like, it perturbs me because I know it's a religious, like, you know, I know there's 
some Christian lawmaker who's like, no, no, that's of the devil. We yeah. got to make a law. Separation of church and state. Sure. I believe if tarot is part of my own spiritual practices, I do not think it's right for anybody to make laws prohibiting me from using them. Especially in a world where one of the most popular religions believes they literally consume the body and blood of a dead guy. <laughs> now I call that witchcraft. And that's pretty much all I have except for what I'll have a couple more fun facts and a little bit of my own personal tarot story for the unmasked. Okay. But before we do that, I would like to give a special thank you, Jesus, to our loyal and brilliant patrons and your exceptional taste in podcast. Mo D and Misty T, thank you and for your support. And it makes us happier than a tick on a fat dog. Oh, isn't that so cute? And I'll do my, well, no, you, you've already gone, so I'll do my bless your heart. Yeah, go ahead. My bless your heart this week comes from... Can you pronounce it? I can. <laughs> my my eyes were reading faster than my brain was <laughs> speaking. Does that ever happen to you? Your eyes read quicker than your brain. My bless your heart for this week is just one of the best things that I have seen in a while. I thought it, the pictures alone are just so precious. It comes from a 104-year-old woman from Chicago Aww. who believes that age is just a number. And she means it. On October 1st of this year, she became the oldest person to skydive. She left her walker on the ground, jumped on the plane, and in tandem with another person, jumped right out of that plane and made her way back down. She's still waiting for Guinness to clarify her as the oldest, with the last record holder being 103 years old. That was a Swedish person. Her name is Dorothy Hoffner. She began skydiving at the ripe age of 100, and she appears to have a lot of enthusiasm for it. When Dorothy made her way back down to the ground, she said that it was wonderful. It's wonderful up there. The whole thing was delightful, wonderful, and couldn't have been better. Now, Dorothy will turn 105 in December and has now added flying in a hot air balloon to her bucket list. <laughs> And to you, my dear Dorothy, I say bless your heart and keep enjoying life on your terms. Thank you for teaching us that the only limits aging has are the ones that we give ourselves. And you, honey, are fan-freaking-tastic. I just thought the picture, this 104-year-old lady with her goggles, just, you know, when you're jumping out of a plane, the wind's moving your everything back. Yeah. And she just, ah, just sheer joy and happiness that's lovely just put a smile on my face did i tell you about the time that i went skydiving in college no you yeah <laughs> like you went through it or just kind watched? of so i sometimes get myself in these weird situations and this was one of those times so i had a couple friends who i was signing up with some different classes and courses with and they were you know thinner and fitter people and I told them that I wanted to take some extra classes and stuff with them. And whatever they signed up for, I was doing. And so they were signing up for an additional couple courses. And they were talking about one other course kind of together in, in a little group. And so I was like, I'm going to take whatever course you guys are taking. And they were kind of being smart. And they're like, no, this is one that you won't want to do. And, of course, I'm afraid of heights, right? 
And so I was like, I told you, I'm going to take whatever classes you guys are doing. So this was a shorter one. And so they were like, okay, well, this is, you know, we'll, we'll sign you up for it if that's what you want to do, because we all have the same academic advisor. So they met with her and signed me up for the same training course. So I show up for the first day of it. And I realized that it was a skydiving course, right? And I wasn't about to like back down from it. I would (laughs) have. So I ended up going through it and, you know, learning how to do it and all this stuff. Well, in order to pass it, all you had to do was actually like get into the plane and actually like get into the motion to like, like you're about to exit the plane, but you didn't have to actually jump to pass the course. Okay. I mean, if you're already up there, might as well. Yeah. But I'm I'm not jumping because I'm afraid of heights. But I'll get into the plane. I would have jumped if I if I made it all the way up no, there. I would no, 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 no. I don't do no. The idea of a parachute, no. So what they had done was the instructor. I had to be strapped to him. Oh, lucky! And so we get up in the plane, and I was with a few other people, right? And so it was our turn to get into the object position or whatever. This was several years ago, so it's, it's been a long time. But anyway. So we get into the position, and I think the the instructor, I think the instructor's plan was to like throw us out of the plane, regardless of if mm-hmm. I was not going to do it. So when he like started to throw out, throw me out, I just sat down. <laughs> you ain't oh, throwing like, me nowhere, no, little no, no, fella. No, 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 no. <laughs> so I just like laid back or whatever, you know. And so we did not get out of that plane. So that was. My first and only time I would ever go skydiving. I've done parasailing before, and that was high enough for me. I don't need a. I don't need the whole experience of yeah. jumping out of an airplane. And <laughs> I mean, I thrilled that Dorothy did, and it brings her joy. But mm. <laughs> but I mean, come back if I live to be a hundred and four. Come, you know, when I've lived my life and don't have much right. else on my bucket list, I'll be like. Mm. If it kills me, what a way to go, you know. (laughs) It ain't a boring way to die, that's for sure. Well, the Unmasked episode that I have today is going to be another time in college when there was a mix-up with someone else who had my full name. I almost got into a very weird situation. And so it's going to be a very interesting Unmasked episode. Oh, boy. So I'm excited for you guys to hear it. You can find our Unmasked episode on Patreon or Apple Podcast Premium. So we'll meet you guys over there. Yeah, we'll see you at Unmasked. Yes. Bye. Bye.